0: and welcome back to another episode of today's Rewind. I'm Anna. And I'm Anera, And we're two history students at the University of Bristol. In this episode, we will be looking at the Indian Removal Act, which was signed by President Andrew Jackson on this day, 28th of May in 1830. We will take a look at the forced relocation of American Indians, including the build up to and the impact of the Trail of Tears which came about as a result of the Indian Removal Act. As always, we're going to start off by looking at the other events that happened throughout time on the 28th of May. Um, So my first one is that in 1431, Joan of Arc is accused of relapsing into heresy because she impersonates a man by wearing men's clothing, and this is used to justify her execution. Um, as I'm sure many of you know, Joan of Arc led French armies against the English armies during the Hundred Years' War, and she claimed that God sent her to do so. Oh, that's an interesting fact. Um, Mine's a bit later, in 1533, the Archbishop of Canterbury voids the marriage of King Henry VIII of England and Anne Boleyn. Yay. Famous <laughs> marriage. Um, yeah, that's, I think that's an interesting one too. I was listening to a podcast last night actually about Anne Boleyn and how um, lots of people thought she could have been a witch, um, mainly because of her sick finger. Which <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that was the first thing I learned about the Tudors, um, <laughs> her sixth finger. yeah, that was in 1533. So, quite soon after that, in 1558, the Spanish Armada set sail from Lisbon, heading to the English Channel. And again, I'm sure many people know this, this is quite a widely known topic of history, but the Armada is defeated by England, and an important factor in this was the fact that winds blew the Spanish ships northwards. Yeah, I love the sort of victory story of the Spanish Armada. in 1742, this really surprised me because the first indoor swimming pool opened. Oh wow! Really early. Do you want to have a guess where it was? Oh, okay. Which country? Think close to home. Oh, I'll say UK. Yeah. Um, I'll guess London. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, in London. Uh, my next one, we're really jumping now to 1952. The women of Greece are given the right to vote. That's late. That's really late. We're yeah. later yeah. than that. It, well, I say like us, mm-hmm. UK. But um, yeah, and also, well, it, it got me thinking of Greece. And I was thinking, I mean, the other night, and Nera went to a Greek restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because I just love Greek food, it's good. Do you want to know my favourite Greek dish? I do, I do want to. I don't know know if I've ever told you this. It's moussaka. Have you you known it? I do, I don't know if I've tried it though. Oh my gosh, I make it. I can make it for you. You're going to have to make it for me. I'll make it for you. But yeah, the women of Greece are given the right to vote in 1952. So to start our discussion, we're going to give you a bit of background on American Indians. So American Indians are also known as First Americans and Indigenous Americans. And they're essentially the indigenous peoples of the United States. So they arrived in what is now the United States at least 15,000 years ago, or possibly much earlier. And they came from Asia. So a very long time ago. Yeah, that's a long time ago. <laughs> um, so they began to settle in the United States, and peoples and societies and cultures gradually started to develop. However, when the Europeans and American Indians came into contact during colonial times, um, Europeans felt that their civilization was superior to theirs because they thought they had writing, navigation and Christianity, and they thought that makes them superior. So um, and their attitude towards American Indians was that they actually feared them and resented them slightly because they were quite unfamiliar, they'd never sort of encountered them before. So they were a bit unsure. And they thought, you know, we're superior. So what they wanted to do was actually kind of convert american indians and and for them to sort of adopt their culture rather than the other way around so a lot of people um, and some officials in the early years of the american republic thought this one being president george washington and they actually termed this situation as the indian problem and it meant that they simply just wanted to civilize the american indians and the goal of this civilization campaign was to make American Indians Indians as much like white Americans as possible. So here are just some ways in which they tried to do this. They made American Indians learn and speak and read English. Um, also, they needed to adopt um monarch- I can never say that word, heterosexual marriage and abandon their non-marital sex, and they had to accept the concept of individual ownership of land and other property. So they were just a few of the European customs the American Indians had to sort of start following. I think also they were really forced to convert to Christianity as a part of that policy. Um, and in the southeastern United States. Um, some people, such as the Choctaw, the Chickasaw, um, the Cherokee people, embraced these customs, and um, they came to be known as the Five Civilized Tribes. So to quote, yeah. So I think also the the Cherokee tribe. Um, they were one of the main tribes that sort of got on, not so much got on board, but um, started adopting these customs the earliest. I think they actually appear quite, they'll come up a lot later in our discussion as one of the main tribes. Um, yeah, so you can see the motivations behind the forced relocation of Indigenous Indians in America can be traced back to greed. So you can see it in the British Proclamation of 1763, which designated particular regions for um, Indian American territories. Um, However, soon white settlers entered the area they'd been designated for the Indian Americans and ignored the proclamation um, and broke the rules and this sort of, I suppose, showed where the motivations came for the later um, Indian removal act that we're going to discuss. Um, and also the 1829 gold rush in Georgia saw a lot of greed in terms of people going after land Uh, which saw people trying to expand their land holdings, which often encroached onto indigenous American territories. Now we're going to talk about the event of this episode, the Indian Removal Act, that was signed on this day in 1830 by President Andrew Jackson. So in his 1829 inaugural address, President Andrew Jackson created this policy that would force American Indians to relocate from their homes, which was endorsed when it was signed the following year on this date, um, which is when the Congress passed the Indian Removal Act. Um, The Act saw the federal government exchange native-held land in Mississippi for land in the West, in what was called the Indian Colonisation Zone, um, which was an area that America had required in the Louisiana Purchase. Um, this had been following land speculators demanding that Congress give the states the control of all real property, which was owned by tribes and their members. This was a position that was supported by President Andrew Jackson, and he supported what was known as Indian removal. Um, Jackson was an army general and had spent many years fighting a brutal campaign against the creeks in Georgia and Alabama. Um, these campaigns resulted in the transfer of hundreds of thousands of acres of land from American Indian nations to white farmers. And as president, he continued this policy. Um, he, the Indian Removal Act required the government to make treaties that were fair and peaceful, but these were often not. This was not the case, <laughs> and um, these terms were often ignored. And the forced removal of American Indians was often in yeah because yeah like you said the law it was said you know do it peacefully fairly but president jackson and his government just ignored that regularly yeah it doesn't seem like he had much consideration but... no he was pretty hypocritical yeah. so it wasn't as peaceful as um it said in fact it was quite the opposite um the act was actually really controversial many really supported it specifically in the South, that was really strongly supported in the South, especially in Georgia, which was the largest state in 1802. And Georgia was actually involved in a dispute with the Cherokee, as we said earlier, one of the main tribes. Um, and President Jackson hoped that the removal would resolve uh, the Georgia crisis. Um, and then other people who supported it were also Northwestern the Northwestern population as well as, as well as the South. But then, obviously, there were quite a few who opposed it. Obviously, the native tribes completely opposed it, and also the Whig Party. And also, many Christian missionaries protested against it. Most notably, there was a missionary organizer, Jeremiah Evarts. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but overall, the Removal Act was passed only after a bitter debate in Congress and as we keep mentioning the Cherokee tribe worked really hard to try and stop this relocation but unfortunately were unsuccessful and they were eventually forcibly removed by the government in a march to the west that later became known as the Trail of Tears. Uh, So now we're going to talk about the Trail of Tears, which happened as a result of the Indian Removal Act. So between 1830 and 1850, about 100,000 Native Americans living between Michigan, Louisiana and Florida on the land that their ancestors occupied for generations moved west after the US government made treaties. Or treaties that weren't really treaties because the terms weren't... (laughs) um and the journey that they made west is known as the trail of tears um but many people who made this journey were treated brutally and often had no food supplies or help from the government so one Choctaw leader told an Alabama newspaper that it was a trail of tears and death yeah and um They suffered quite a bit actually, a lot from illnesses and diseases, starvation as well. So it was really brutal and horrible and even worse, it was sort of a forced removal. Um, The Cherokee tribe and the Cherokee people were actually quite divided. They weren't sure what was the best way to handle the government's determination to get its hands on their territory. Some wanted to stay and fight but others thought it was more pragmatic to agree to leave in exchange for money and other concessions. So in 1835, a few self-appointed representatives of the Cherokee Nation negotiated the Treaty of New Okota, which traded all Cherokee land east of the Mississippi for $5 million, relocation assistance and compensation for lost property, So that was what they offered. And the federal government were quite pleased with it. They said, yeah, Um, and that treaty was sort of a done deal. However, many of the Cherokee felt really betrayed by this um, as the negotiators didn't actually represent the tribal government or anyone else. So that was quite controversial within the Cherokee people. Um, But then by 1838, sorry, only about 2,000 Cherokees had left their Georgia homeland for Indian territory. And it then meant the government sort of stepped in and got 7,000 soldiers to really like push them to move along. They actually looted their homes and belongings and they marched them more than 1,200 miles to Indian territory. Oh my I know. It's crazy how far, like, that is a long way. And, um, Historians actually estimate that more than five thousand Cherokees died as a result of the journey, oh because they've got—I mean, like I just said—with illnesses, diseases, starvation. Yeah, um, such a lack of supplies with yeah with journey, and they weren't looked after. They were—it was brutal. So um, it's a really horrific journey, which resulted in many deaths, unfortunately. So the federal government promised that their new land would remain unmolested forever, but the federal government did not fulfill this promise either as the line of white settlement pushed further westward, what was known as the Indian country, it just eventually shrank and shrank to the point that in 1907, Oklahoma became a state and Indian territory was gone for good. Overall, the Trail of Tears was over 5,043 miles long and covered nine states. So those nine states were Alabama, Arkansas, Georgia, Illinois, Kentucky, Missouri, North Carolina, Oklahoma, and Tennessee. Yeah, so it's really, really long distance. Yeah, I can't actually imagine what 5,000 miles is exactly. I mean... Running 10k is enough for me, that <laughs> is too far. <laughs> in kilometres, it's just over 8,000 for anyone who That's works. yeah. So than I work better in kilometres. So colleges. do I. <laughs> I don't really know what a mile is, if I'm one. No. <laughs> um, so today, the Trail of Tears National Historic Trail is run by the National Park Service and portions of it are accessible on foot, by horse, by bicycle or by car. I would actually really find it quite interesting to go. Yeah, see the history there. Yeah, and it kind of walking through what thousands of American Indians were sort of forced to meet. I mean, it's a sad history, but a really important one as well. Maybe we should arrange a trip (laughs) to go and visit. Next up, we're each going to share an interesting fact that we found during our research. So, Inara, would you like to go first? Yeah, so at the time of forced forced removal, the Cherokee leader was a man named John Ross, whose father was Scottish, Um, and John Ross was only one-eighth Cherokee, but he was a strong leader and fought hard, and his allegiances stayed with that's weird, he's only an eight. I know, it's you'd nice think, that he sympathised. Yeah, but you think if he was the one like a leader, he'd have full. Yeah, that's sort of, true. Yeah, so, yeah, well mine is, um, they're war related. So first one is about World War One. Even though they were not citizens, over 8,000 American Indians served during oh, World War wow. One. wow, I know. That's they, a lot of people. And they didn't have citizenship at that point. I'm surprised at that. Yeah. And then the next one is about World War II. So this, in this war, over 24,000 American Indians served in this war. And one of the most notable groups was the Navajo Code Talkers. I'm not sure if you've heard of these. No. But they were a special group of volunteers who created an unbreakable secret code because... And... They spoke in a language that was sort of only known to their tribe, which oh, meant wow. they could use that for secret communication. Yeah, of course, you can't crack a language you've never. Exactly. Heard of. And they were really successful and they had they really sort of inputted a great like a lot into the that was amazing. Oh, it's a shame I didn't know who they were. I feel like that should be something it's a good yeah. Now we're going to play our game of true or false. As, As always, always. <laughs> Inera, would you like to go first? Yes. So my first one is that you should be thanking Indigenous people of America for popcorn, wow. which is one of our favorite snacks. We do. We love popcorn. I've got a massive, <laughs> <laughs> I've got a massive box of microwave popcorn, and we we tuck into we that get through it, yeah, on a weekly basis. We do. So thank you. American Indians. <laughs> Wait, no, you've got to guess if it's true or false. You don't know. Oh if my that's gosh, true. I literally Thank forgot it. that was a game. Um, well, <laughs> true. <laughs> yes. Okay, that's good. Thank they, you. Uh, they were the first people to domesticate the strain of maize which produces popcorn thousands of years mm-hmm. ago. So, oh, yeah, I actually love popcorn. So I'm not even kidding. So that's I appreciate that. <laughs> but, yeah. So my first one is. The groups of American Indians tribes spoke different languages. It is estimated that there were many languages, that there there were 600 different dialects among their languages. True or false? Sounds like a lot, but I'm going to guess true. Correct? It is true. 600. Wow. That's loads. That is (laughs) (laughs) loads. Um, okay, so my next one is that the mohawk hairstyle is named after one of the tribes. The mohawk of... hairstyle. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say true. Yes, it's named after the Mohawk tribe. Did they have <laughs> mohawks then? Um, it's yeah. They it says they like to keep one side of their scalp cleanly shaven, Ooh. while the other painted a bright color. So, yeah, I guess so. You know, I don't see many people with Mohawks. My anymore. No, I don't. You know what, maybe I'm we should sure bring them just... back in. Yeah. In like, in, in respect yeah. to the American Indians. Um, so my next one is today there are only 200 recognized tribes in the United States. True. There's actually over 500 Wow, which is, I mean, maybe that's quite a lot, I guess. Yeah, fi- over 500. It sounds like a lot, but I don't know. And also, um, I guess it depends how big a tribe is. True. Yeah, that's true. Don't yeah. know the full information there. No. Okay, so my next one is that Native Americans gained citizenship after World War 2 I'm going to say false. Yeah, it's false. It was um, after World War I in 1924 as a part of the Indian Citizenship Act, also known as the Snyder Act. Uh, which granted full full US citizenship to the indigenous people of America, which was in yeah. part because of their role in World War One. To be honest, I do remember learning that at a level. <laughs> and That's the only reason I knew I remember the Indian citizenship. act. Um, so my final one, it's not so much uh, true or false, I made a little game oh, for you to play. Okay. <laughs> so many American Indian words have entered the English language. I'm going to give you a list of them. You're going to say true, like, if you think okay. they have come from American Indians or not. All right, okay. Are you ready for your I'm first ready, one? I'm ready, I'm ready. Chilli. Yeah, I think it did. Correct, it okay. did. Next one. Celery. Also random. I'm going, Yeah. You'll note that it's all kind of food related Okay. <laughs> Incorrect. Sorry, oh. well, it's just one I made up. <laughs> oh, it's a random one to throw in there. <laughs> there are some random ones in here. Okay, okay. Chocolate. Yeah. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> we are also eating chocolate as yeah. we <laughs> record this. So, inspired by that. Um, guacamole. Yeah. Yeah, but I this really surprised me because I this may be really dumb of me, but I thought guacamole was a really recent, like more modern thing. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, I don't know. Onion, Mm, yeah, no, (laughs) I think I guessed definitely. I'm gonna have to, it's incorrect, but I mean, it's very 50 50 because it's all food related, yeah. Avocado, oh, because of guacamole maybe yeah it's actually another th- oh one i just no. made up, but i put it in there because a of guacamole <laughs> and last one chia yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> we we love chia seeds as well yeah so we do sprinkle yes. on our cereal. food yeah so i did not realize so i mean they, these were only a few there's obviously a lot yeah. more i didn't realize so many words in our language from American Indians. Um, Next up, we're going to look at some frequently asked questions on the topic. So I'm going to start off by looking at some frequently asked questions about the Trail of Tears and Indian Removal Act specifically. So my first question was, why was the Trail of Tears so bad? Um, and essentially, the Indian Removal Act was a crime against humanity. Um, and also, while travelling, many people were exposed to starvation and disease, which killed many of the people who were forced to move west. Um, my next question. Oh, sorry, just to add on oh. to that. You mentioned why it was so bad. The act has actually been referred to as systematic genocide because it discriminated against an ethnic group in so far as to make certain, like the death. It was it created such a huge amount of death for a particular population that it is considered genocide, which is awful. Yeah. Sorry, I completely interrupted you there. (laughs) Carry on. No, that's interesting. Um, So my next one is why did President Jackson do the Indian Removal Act? And I mean, essentially it's just, he pursued a policy of removing Indian tribes from their ancestral land to enable settlers to make profits on that land. So I guess greed. Mm, Um, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So moving on to more general questions about American Indians how oh so these were actually we asked over on our Instagram page, as always, um, at today's rewind, and asked if anybody had any questions on this topic. So here are the questions we got back. So how many full blooded Cherokee are left. So the Cherokee Nation has more than 300,000 tribal members, making it the largest of the 567 federally recognized tribes in the United States. So they've been a big feature of this as well. I mean, they are a big feature of the American Indian history. So, um, yeah, they are very much still existing and quite a lot of them. And another question was, do American Indians celebrate Thanksgiving? Now, this is really interesting, because they don't basically, they do not celebrate the arrival of the pilgrims and other European settlers, because to them, Thanksgiving Day is a reminder of the genocide of millions of their people and the theft of their lands and the relentless assault of their cultures. So instead on that day, it's actually a national day of mourning and that is their way of sort of protesting. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, and that was organized first organized in 1970 by American Indians of New England. On So instead of Thanksgiving, they have a day of mourning. Um, so my next question uh, from our Instagram is what did uh, Native Americans wear? So traditionally they wore buckskin clothing, uh, which is very hard wearing and made of different types of deer skin. They make that into different types of clothes. Yeah. Um, and they also used porcupine hairs to make hairbrushes, oh, wow. and sometimes a stick was cut into the right shape and frayed at the edges to make a toothbrush. Oh, So they really utilised their resources around <laughs> them. <laughs> and another question was, what did they eat? So the three staples of American Indian food are corn, squash, and beans, and other foods that have been widely used in American Indian culture includes greens deer meat they clearly Mm. like the deers Uh, oh sorry and berries pumpkin and wild rice so that is their sort of diet i guess thank you for listening to this episode of today's rewind We've really enjoyed researching this topic and learning more about an important part of American history. Stay tuned to see what event we discuss in our next episode and be sure to check out our Instagram at Today's Rewind to keep updated. Thanks for listening.